Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. The podcast has started in around 2008 and it's been on and off, but for the last couple of years, I've been very intentional, making sure that I put out weekly episodes regardless of what happens. And that means that due to illness, work commitments, schedules and other things, it's always a priority. However, recently I've had two weeks off for an amazing holiday and that's why there's been no podcast since the last one. And I had a massive reset. It was amazing. We went on a huge road trip. We went to deserts. We went to mines. We looked at some of the world's greatest beaches. We went on a farm. We went to cozy cabins and everything in between. There was motorbikes, guns, beaches, hanging out with friends and families, reading a lot, working out a little bit, and just enjoying everything. And one thing that I can say is that the change in the scenery just allowed everything to reset and just allow you to have that season to recharge. So wherever you are, just make sure that you program that sometime into this year, particularly this year, because it is a crazy one. Now, I'm currently working on an episode about martial arts in response to some of the listeners who I've engaged with on the topic of martial arts. And that'll be next week's episode. But for now, just take care and I'll speak to you then. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.
It's the programmer. The programmer writes the rules. And that's exactly how it is with God. If God has made the rules, then we know what is right and what is wrong. And if God, there is no God, then it means that everybody's opinion is strictly subjective. So if somebody, their purpose in life is to go out and to hurt and destroy people, and another one's purpose is to heal people, the most you could say is either you prefer that shouldn't happen or according to your country's laws that shouldn't happen. But objectively, if it happened in another country where there's nothing wrong with it, then you have no basis to argue and say that it's wrong. So the, the basis for morality is predicated on the fact that there must be a God. And that makes it extremely hard for an atheist to be consistent because if there is no God, then there is no objective things that are wrong. And because of this, it makes it an incredibly strong case for the theist. The other one is the Kalam cosmological argument. This goes on to say that everything that begins to exist has a cause, that the universe began to exist, and therefore the universe has a cause. And of course, this goes in further in that the cause must be an uncaused cause that chooses to make things happen. And by definition, that is God. So it sounds straightforward, but this argument is incredibly powerful. And it means that those who object to it either have to object to the first premise, that is, everything that begins to exist has a cause. So they'll say, no, some things pop into existence from nothing. And the fact is there is nothing that we can point to that actually references this. Everything comes from something. Even in Lawrence Krauss's ideals that the world came into being from nothing, he doesn't mean the absence of anything. He just means almost nothing. There's little tiny bits and pieces which form together to create something. Nothing never creates nothing. And the definition of nothing, as has been popularized, the true definition is what, dro- what rocks dream of. And rocks don't dream. So you get the idea. Nothing comes from nothing. So everything has a cause. That's the first premise. The second premise is that the universe has a cause. And as we've read through Stephen Hawking's and others, we've discovered that the world has a beginning, the Big Bang, where time and space actually come into existence. And everything has been shown to be expanding. And we've been able to demonstrate that through the Hubble telescope, seeing the red light shifts. And subsequently, we can see that everything has that beginning and everything's expanded from space and time, all from that singularity. Therefore, making the second point in the syllogism virtually indefensible. And so the fact is that the universe did have a beginning. And the the conclusion is that, therefore, the universe has a cause. Now, we all take that to be true. And so this is another strong argument which leads us to the world of theism or that there is a God. And the final one is the teleological argument or the fine-tuning argument. And that basically says that the the constants 
of nature. So you've got the strong and the weak nuclear forces uh, and other things. These things are incredibly fine-tuned. Things like gravity. It's, it's said that if, if gravity was adjusted by one inch from one end of the solar system to the other end, then everything would fall apart. That there would be no world as we know it. That these are incredibly fine-tuned elements. And this is not a theistic argument. This is a scientific argument. And all the scientists in this field agree with this sort of premise. And subsequently, it comes down to one of three reasons. It's either it's there by necessity, it's there by chance, or it's there by design. Now, there is absolutely no evidence that it's there by necessity. In fact, nobody's even come close to even seeing that as an option, so we discount that immediately. And so... The only other options are that it's either designed, which infers a God, or that it's created by chance. And people are like, well, it's definitely not number one. We don't like the idea of a God, so it could be there by chance. But the fact is, the chance of it happening is so ridiculously low that it's virtually impossible. In fact, it's said that the sun would have burnt out by the time you'd had enough chances to do this, if you'd been running computer simulations from the dawn of time up to now on the greatest mainframe computer that was ever built at full capacity, it just doesn't happen. There's more finely tuned aspects. There's, there's more atoms in the whole universe than there is leeway to change those finely tuned aspects. It stands to reason that the chance of these things happening is incredibly small. It's so small that it would be miraculous and possibly actually a further piece of evidence for God existing, if you excuse the joke. So you've got the idea of chance. And so some people have said, well, there is always a chance. But how do we make this viable? I know. Let's create an infinite amount of chances. And eventually you would get there, and that does make logical sense. And so they say, let's do it by making a multiverse, because that would mean that you have an infinite amount of universes, and eventually you'll get the right one. And this logic is spot on. But the fact is there's absolutely zero evidence to support that. It's a guess at a best answer for this sort of thing. And so we have to go with the conclusion that it must have been designed because it bears all earmarks of being designed. And it is the only valid option that's left over. And from this, we know that the cause must be an uncaused cause because if it was caused, if it was within the system, then it would be impossible to create itself. And it must have some sort of ability to choose for when to happen because there's no possibility of an infinite regress. If there was a possibility for an infinite regress, it means that we wouldn't be where we are right now. And this takes a while to unpack, but just imagine that if you had an infinite amount of items and cut it in half, how much would you have left? And the answer, technically speaking, is an infinite amount of items, but an infinite plus an infinite equals an infinite is invalid 
So you can see the paradoxes which we come up to when we talk about continued regression into eternity. So there has been a beginning, which we've shown through the Kalam cosmological argument. It's finely tuned, which we've shown through the teleological argument, which comes to the conclusion that there is a God. And if that's not good enough for you, then anything that happens that you object to, you cannot actually have a basis for objecting to anything other than the subjective. And that's saying, well, it's my preference that when you murdered or tortured my family that it was wrong, but it's not really wrong. It's just my opinion. So that's the atheist burden to deal with those arguments. So from here, we've come to the conclusion that there is a God. The next question is, which one is it? There's so many gods out there. 